Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. This is a Galliard rants about kinfolk and specifically kinfolk sorcerers. And today we are joined by friend of the show, Charles Siegel. Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to have this conversation and just uh, talk a little bit. This is a topic that you pitch as an, a show idea. and I think it's a really good one because kinfolk are integral to Garu society and the idea of sorcerers within kinfolk society is one that I think is really, really interesting. Um, so Charles, tell us a little bit about sorcerers and why sorcerers as kinfolk makes sense. So I guess broadly speaking, sorcerers are to mages like kinfolk are to werewolves. They're kind of the set, like in a big system structure kind of way, they're the minor version of, of the, where you've got the big thing that has, that gets the spotlight all the time, werewolves and mages. And then there's the sidekicks who often need a little bit of extra oomph to matter, but when they matter, they matter a lot. In like in, like in werewolf kinfolk, based just on the, on the numbers, that I know we've had discussions about, the kinfolk have to, have to be the ones that carry on a lot of the traditions and culture that the Garu take for granted. In right. mage, again, by the numbers, there are so few mages that for the societies and cultures to make sense, sorcerers have to be integral to keeping all of that together. Right, and the big difference between mages and sorcerers is that mages have a fluid ability to control reality and sorcerers have a uh, so-called linear path or structure to all of their magic. Is that right? Yeah. So a mage with appropriate dots can do literally anything they can imagine. Um, like I've had discussions with people who said, who've asked me things like, what spheres do I need to turn a werewolf to silver? And yeah, you can, that's actually not that complicated a thing. It's hard, but it's not complicated. Right. Uh, whereas a sorcerer can't do that. They, they'd look at that and think, holy crap. Uh, what a sorcerer can do is, I'm good at this one thing. And the thing that, make, that lets them be really good at that one thing is that when mages push reality, reality pushes back. And when sorcerers push reality, reality says, ah, you're doing what I thought you could do. Yeah, so there's this uh, ability for sorcerers to do whatever magic it is without that major drawback that mages have of paradox, that uh, yeah. force of the universe going, no, you can't bend me to your will. I uh, am the consensus of reality, and there is a, uh, a system here please don't buck the system, but sorcerers yeah. live within that system to some degree. Yeah, there's kind of grooves in, real, in reality that they kind of just let things go along and that lets them do what they do. And from a maid's point of view, it's the same kind of grooves that let werewolves be werewolves without, ha without having, having paradox and all of that. Just there are some things that reality thinks are okay. As long as you stick to those things, you're okay. Okay. What are some examples of those things that reality thinks are okay then? What are some of the paths of sorcery? So, uh, what, so one of the ones that's been, that was introduced in 
the Kinfolk books, because the Kinfolk books include some sorcery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Werewolf 20's Kinfolk book introduces sorcery substantially better than the original one does. Uh, I have not read either book in detail. I've just read the, read the sorcery sections. <laughs> and the reason um, you read the sorcery sections is because you're working on a sorcery book. Is that right? Yes, I am in second draft right now. <laughs> Fantastic. I look forward uh, to that book a lot. So I know I'm glad that you did the research and dug into the books, at least for the parts that mattered the most to you. So, so for instance, one of the ones that's introduced there, which is a really nifty idea, if only it didn't look to me like it's like thematically, it's a really bad idea to take it in werewolf is spirit chasing where, so you're kinfolk and you look and say, there's an animal or plant. I want to be kind of like it. And you can use your sorcery to take on features of that animal or plant. Um, I have never actually seen someone decide to take this take this path, but I also uh, and it seems like to me uh, most of what it does is kind of redundant with a lot of the things werewolves can do. More interesting from a, from the werewolf side of things is like conjuration you can teleport objects to to and to you and manipulate them or conveyance you can teleport yourself and your friends around or and this is a classic because it sounds like it should be a combat a combat uh path but it really isn't hellfire where you can light things on fire but you can't do it quickly right i was gonna say why is it that not a combat ability and you're right the reason is because you can't do it very quickly it takes yes i can do i can do like 10 dice of aggravated fire damage to whatever i want five minutes from now (laughs) so it's a good prep power but it's not necessarily a good combat power oh yeah it's there are many things it is very good for lighting your enemy on fire when they are coming at you with a gun no (laughs) Well, we, we know that gun is the most powerful power in all of the world of darkness anyway. Well, yes. And I, this is why every time I talk about kinfolk, I advocate training all of them as paramil- in paramilitary tactics and such. Like, it, every kinfolk should have an Uzi. It makes sense. And uh, honestly, the Garu Society, it makes sense that all the kinfolk would have some sort of combat training anyway. So I could see that being a thing. Like... That pack of black spirals that attacks the sept, the sept getting just chewed to ribbons by a, by a couple dozen um, combat-trained uh, kinfolk with just machine guns. Just, it's kind of a great image. That, and the fact that it's not really in the admittedly few werewolf books I've read kind of tells you why the Garou are losing the war. Yeah. The advantage that werewolves have is that they heal a lot of that damage, but even... So massive amounts of damage from a machine gun is going to kill you. Like you can't, they don't heal that quickly. So have have like 30 kinfolk with machine guns against like five werewolves. I'm going to say my money's on the kinfolk just because of the the output. Right. Exactly. And if, and if you're a wealthy sept, silver bullets, just pick them up afterwards. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Make sure you recover all the bullets you can. Uh, So yeah. So let's set gun aside. That's the most powerful path, firearms. Right. Firearms the most but, powerful path, but other paths. <laughs> well, actually, I, actually, it's not necessarily the most powerful path because weather control is a favorite of mine. Mm, why? It has not appeared in a werewolf book. So this is a path. It is ritual only. You are spending like 10 hours anytime you try to do this. But 
if you want to flatten a city with a hurricane, you can. Wow. This, like, this is probably, this is, this path is powerful enough that when it is described in the sorcerer books, it's mentioned, if you really do the high-end stuff, you are probably going to kill yourself doing it. But you can take That's everyone else with That's a good disclaimer you. right there. You're, you're going to kill yourself and everybody else, but you can succeed at whatever it is you're trying to destroy. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but certainly summon hurricane is a not a thing that most garu can do and having a sorcerer around could be useful i could definitely see that being appropriate for like um the fiana or some of those other tribes like maybe I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it's to me it screams shadow lord with grandfather thunder oh actually yeah absolutely i wasn't even thinking that but you're totally right um i, I can like, absolutely see like, that like one of the problems that kinfolk sorcerers would face is that they look a lot like mages from the outside and werewolves don't trust mages. Right. And that's one of the, the problems with the idea of, uh, of Garu sorcerers or kinfolk sorcerers is that from a cultural standpoint, mages and werewolves don't get along because of the mages' use of cairns as nodes. Um, they're both those seats of power for both the individual groups. But... Sorcerers don't use quintessence to power their abilities. No, no they don't. Um, well, there is a there is a resource, but it's and it's its own thing. But you don't really get it from nodes per se. It's it's a complicated kind of messy bit of the system. Uh, but yeah, the point is that you don't need to take a cairn. Uh, you know, release whatever spirits may be bound into it, you know, break the fact that it's a cairn, and then consecrate it to the mage's paradigm in order to use it for a sorcerer. Right. Especially if the sorcerer has grown up among werewolves and thinks like, and thinks like a werewolf kinfolk would. Right. It's one of those interesting things that from an, uh, a mechanical and a story standpoint, I can see sorcerers making sense because you're already aware of the supernatural, you're aware that there are ways to tap into supernatural abilities. You might even have the ability to speak with spirits or interact with spirits through your Garu relations. It seems like sorcery would be a, a more common thing within werewolf uh, kinfolk societies. It just seems like it would be something that would be available to them. Yeah, and, and also think of all of the, um, all the useful things that open up if you have a couple of sorcerers in, uh, in your camp. Like, uh, one thing I would consider doing if I were running a game that involved werewolves and, like, a kinfolk sorcerer, or even just the kinfolk sorcerer, is, you know a little bit of, you know a little bit of sorcery? Let's get you into the Arcanum. Right. Like, find out what they know about werewolves, screw with them a bit, and... All that and all that sorcery and alchemy they can teach you, good stuff. Right, and alchemy is a, another path of sorcery. Yes. So you can... and, it, it, and, and alchemy is, frankly, alchemy will never not be a path of, of sorcery, but it also probably shouldn't be because it's too flexible. Right. It, it, it definitely it leans up on that like true magic sort of uh, line very closely. Yeah, and aside from that. And yeah, weather control, like, I bounce between weather control and alchemy is most powerful because weather control can let you destroy a city. 
uh, or in the more positive direction, weather control can make sure that you don't star that your farmers don't starve. Right. That would be huge uh, for that, like Garu kinfolk with actually like an extended kinfolk that they're taking care of sort of um, situation. Or, or the spiral, or maybe the spirals have done something weird to, or Pentex has done something weird and screwed up weather patterns in a region. Mm -hmm. So the Garu have to defend the kinfolk for 10 hours while they do the big ritual to fix it. Which would make sense. That would be a great, like at least one shot, if not a small, like series of games yeah. stories on its own right there. Yeah, especially because if we assume that kinfolk sorcerers are rare, the kinfolk books don't seem to actually assume that they're rare. Uh, it's like it's just like right there with all the other character creation rules. You can be a sorcerer, but by the way, I would it's, suggest that there's a lot of them, but they probably mostly have like spirit chasing. Yeah, it's a weird like question that's kind of left there. Like there are two paths to spiritual yeah. power as a kinfolk. You can get gnosis directly and use gifts which is an, an option for kin folks to have that Gnostic talent, or you can become a sorcerer and get power that way. But there is that question of like, how common are these? Because from the lore, it shouldn't be that common to be a sorcerer because uh, it, it just, yeah. where is all that power coming from? But and, 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 and though it is kind of front and center in character creation, I'm from the school of thought where PCs are weird. They're special. Right. Like I, I I don't think like even among whatever supernatural type they are, they're special. Otherwise, why is their story the interesting one to us? Right. Uh, which, I, which is why I, which is why like I don't enforce study time in anything because the PCs are going to progress faster than the NPCs should. Right. Absolutely. I think it makes sense to make sorcerer kinfolk rare-ish. Um, because it lets you then stand out and be like, ah, I've got this ability. I am going to be an important figure. I'm a protagonist. It just seems like a natural like thing for a PC to have. Um, and it gives an opportunity to play a kinfolk that stands toe to toe with werewolves in one form or another, at least like possibly well, stands toe to toe with them. See, I, I, th I think I know what you mean, but the way that, that this phrase I actually kind of object to because uh, the kinfolk should not stand toe to toe because then why aren't you just playing a werewolf? Okay. That's fair. Um, like, so I've told you I, that until um, a one shot that you ran, I had played one werewolf character. I remember you were in, you enjoyed the fact that it was a get of Fenris whose intolerance was bigots. Yes. I think that's <laughs> fantastic. Um, it's just a great revised era character, and he actually had a kin had had a kinfolk in the uh, in the game I was playing, another PC, who was in fact a sorcerer. And not to cast aspersions on the on the player, but that sorcerer was the most useless character in the game. <laughs> what because, paths did they have available to them, though? That's my um, key question. They took spirit chasing. Okay. They took the one that lets them. Uh, that lets them go through, lets them lower the gauntlet. And they took one that let them summon spirits and we had a Theurge. Right. At that point, why didn't you just play a Theurge? Because yeah, you so, have all those so, abilities. So like t one of the frustrating things about the, um, the first Kinfolk book, I can't remember which one had which subtitle. Um, 
Unsung Heroes or something? I think it was Unsung Heroes is the first one, yeah. Um, it had two paths and one psychic power in it. The paths were spirit chasing. Um, I don't remember what the other one. And the psychic power was, of all things, soul stealing. Right. Where, where you just, like, wipe out other people's memories and sense of self. Like, like is this an antagonist book suddenly? <laughs> The weird thing with some of the way the Numina or the sorcery paths have been written is that some of them are like, I would not give this to a player. Yeah, this is like downright evil. I would give this to an antagonist group. And maybe that was the direction that they were going with that, but it's hard to tell. It's White Wolf, so. The other other possibility is that uh, they just walked out of the movie theater and thought that flashy thing from Men in Black is great. Give Ken Folk that, but call it sort, call it psychic powers. Maybe I think this book came out before Men in Black came out, though, so I don't mm-hmm. think we can blame it on that. Uh, I'm trying to give them some credit, though. Uh, <laughs> Fair, because uh, because there is the idea of a a, a Ken Folk or two who can remove memories whose job it is to go clean up the messes the Garu make. See, and maybe that's the thought process that they had was that this is a way but of protecting the But they called it the soul stealing. Right. Which, that naming it that makes it sound horrible. And like, if, it still sounds, like, it still sounds bad if they called it something like mind wipe. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound evil. It just sounds questionable. And it's clear that the purpose of it is go out, Find people who've seen things they shouldn't have seen and get their mem- and stop them from remembering it. Which is totally fitting the genre. It totally fits the like themes of Werewolf to have cleanup crews like so that. But... So I'm just going to say that awkward interaction between the New World Order and the Kinfolk where they show up to cover up the same event. <laughs> right. I can see that happening. <laughs> the NWO like that... agents are holding their flashers and the Kinfolk are there like, with whatever devices they use to mind wipe people going, uh... <laughs> Wait, who sent you? Who's, who's your boss? Like, who sent you? Right. <laughs> it's checking each other's, like, IDs going, huh. If I, if I ever run the game that I have in my head that is a technocratic office sitcom, that will be a, an episode. That would be amazing. It would um, be amazing to have a World of Darkness, uh, I'll go off on a tangent for a second, a World of Darkness, like, mortals, like, TV show, that to me would be more interesting than an actual like vampire show or werewolf show or something like that. It would just well, be... you didn't love Kindred the Embraced. I, I actually do love Kindred the Embraced because it's for what cheesy it is. and campy. Yeah, for what it is, it is what it is, and I love it for that. But it is totally not vampire, not the way that it's written. Oh yeah, uh, I, I I still get shit sometimes because I bought the DVD box set when I saw it for five. Box. <laughs> no, I would have bought it in a heartbeat. I, I have looked at it. Uh, there's an edition of it that's um, got another copy of the Book of Nod and everything like that. And I've been oh, like, will I buy be- this? And I'm like, I'm, I just haven't done so because I'm like, I can I can watch this on YouTube for free. I don't need to purchase this. But but anyway, the the first Kinfolk book did have all of that that issue that the paths on offer had a lot of overlap with the Garu. It, it was, like, on the one hand, giving kinfolk all sorts of spirity stuff does make sense from a cultural and thematic point of view in the game, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make them useful. Right. Uh, and 
And also, as you mentioned, kinfolk can just have gnosis. Right. At, at, some, po at some point, like to me, the things that in mage terms I would call attached to the spirit sphere are the least interesting things that a kinfolk could have because they are, a, they are an appendage onto this society of beings that are already half spirit anyway. Yeah, what, I, like, what do they need you for when it comes to that? Now, I totally agree. And it's just confusing wh why you would go that direction in a werewolf game if you were playing a kinfolk. Yeah, the, the other thing I'll say is that picking paths based on combat utility is also a bad idea because you're standing next to eight-foot-tall death machines. You aren't going to be deadlier than them. So if like, you... You're right. You're absolutely right. You're never going to stand up uh, the next or stand next to a werewolf in combat and be as good as they are, no matter what paths of sorcery you take. Like, like, may like maybe if you fully awaken and become an Akashic with five dots of dough, but, <laughs> but short of things like that and, and throw in like forces three and all that nonsense, then you can go hand to hand with a werewolf. Right. But a kinfolk who's a, a lone kinfolk who ends up in a fight with a black spiral dancer loses. Right. Yeah, they're just going to lose hands down. It just the way uh, the mechanics work. Like if you like in in the uh, in the white box, you just, just drop the two characters in a room and say fight. Now, a kinfolk sorcerer who has interesting powers instead of combat or spirit powers, and I say interesting from the point of view of a kinfolk in a werewolf setting, they could stand a chance if they do things right. And you have to kind of play it a little bit like a mage. You have to prepare for things. So what, other than the powers you've already mentioned, what sort of powers do you, do you say are interesting for a kinfolk to have? Because we've kind of talked oh. about the extremes, the ones that fit thematically, but also make them redundant, and the ones that kind of like, why would you do that? You're just never going to be able to stand up to the Garu with it. What do you think makes sense for them to have? So, I, so here's actually a kinfolk sorcerer NPC that I, had, that I used in a sorcerer game I played, or I ran. Okay. Uh, just all in on the path of enchantment, which is making magic items. Nice. Uh, he was not a PC. He was an NPC. He stayed in the back lines. He was an armorer. He, he was a weaponsmith. Mm -hmm. It is very expensive to get grand claves for everyone. Like, you, you've got a pack of werewolves. Grand claves are not something you're just going to fall on five of. Right. At, at least I assume, I assume not. They're kind of treated in what little in what I've read as very rare, very powerful things. Yeah, and that's the way they should be. That's not always yeah. the way they're done in game. I've run into there, games where well, it's like everyone's gonna play, but as I said, I've I've only played in werewolves like twice twice. The the get a Fenris was an ongoing character for a while. Right. Um so I don't have that much experience in game, but I can talk about what the uh, fluff in the book says. Right. Uh, because I have now read six werewolf books, Ooh. and I'm going to be reading a seventh this week. <laughs> you are, like, going uh, above and beyond at this stage. Um, so, what he, so what he did when, the, when a pack of Garu came up to him and were when he heard a pack of Garu who were complaining about not having claves, but, they ha but they're, you know, trying to fight their way into some fortified spiral position. I, I, I think it was a, a, a spiral cairn or something. Mm -hmm. So he went to his workshop and he came back with like a half dozen swords plus one. Nice. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, they don't last forever. The, the, you know, the last, they only last for a couple of months, but now you've got a plus, a plus one, you, or you've got a minus one difficulty on all of your attack and damage rolls. Give, give a bunch of those to werewolves with you know, effectively strength eight and melee four, and 12 dice at diff five is pretty devastating. It immediately makes them like stand, like werewolves standing out in combat is already a thing. It makes them stand out even more against their enemies. And just that's the thing the werewolves need. Yeah. So, so this, and so one of the great places to put a sorcerer as an NPC is in a support role like that. Like, yeah, they were kind of weirded out by the fact that this, that this kinfolk was kind of a pseudo hermetic uh, armorer. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the way that they kind of read it was that he had devoted himself entirely to uh, to the spirit Vulcan. Okay. So Vulcan was and, his patron or, you yeah. know, uh, whatever, something similar that, to that. Yeah. Like, like, he viewed it a little bit differently, but it was a close enough way to translate between a slightly more atomist version of Hermeticism and werewolves. Okay. Was that uh, his powers came from being a devotee of, Vulc of Vulcan. I can see that. I that makes sense. And in the end, they thought, okay, so this is basically a gift that he has, is how they parsed it. Because he's getting it even from a spirit. Just not a spirit that will give them that gift. And well, werewolves are used to spirits not you know, giving some people gifts and not others. Right. Uh, yeah, that's just guess, if, built into werewolf society that if you are chosen by a spirit, they'll give you gifts. And if you're not chosen by that spirit, you're just not going to get a gift from them. So that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure that every, um, say, get a Fenris player who looked and saw a Black Fury gift they wanted knows the, oh, I guess I can't have that. Right. When, uh, yeah, I can absolutely see like a player looking at that and then trying to get it in game and then being like, nope, not going to happen. So, so they viewed it very similarly in, you know, in, in character that just this guy has the gift of being able to make magic, magic items. And one of the things he's doing is using it to help the Garu nation against its enemies. So they kept an eye on him, you know, just in case, but they kind of figured out a way to fit him mentally into their society, into how they thought of things. And on the other and on the other side, he was a sorcerer in House Viridius of the Order of Hermes. So a lot of information actually did pass between werewolves and mages that wouldn't have otherwise that let them both be more effective. Nice. So that's so, the other thing sorcerers are great at. They're a good interface point between a sorcerer kinfolk is a good interface point because although werewolves and mages don't get along, they have a lot of the same enemies. That's absolutely true. So, so just having someone who can see, oh, everyone's an asshole, but they all, but they're all doing their best, and can and can slip, you know. So maybe what you know, a mage with a with a pile of correspondence and time knows that Pentex is going to do a thing at a given day and time. They just don't have the resources to handle it. But now there's a sorcerer who can slip that information to the Garu, and well. A half dozen werewolves can do things that a half dozen mages can't. Right, absolutely. Can... Or the or the werewolves say, "Oh, Otully's just coming to town, and just ripping the place up isn't going to do any good." 
Suddenly that information finds its way to House Fortune, who just buys the, buys the lot out from under them and, and, starts, and starts really going after their finances in a way that the Garu just don't know what they're doing on. Right. Uh, so, so this character was kind of key to what, uh, to what was slowly and not entirely intentionally becoming a werewolf mage crossover game. I was just going to say, that sounds like a crossover game, like a game that I but, might run with two separate small groups yeah, and then that, merge that, that's, together. That's kind of how it was go Like, a friend of mine was running, running werewolf, but wanted me to run, the, run uh, to add this one NPC who was an NPC in a sorcerer game I was running mm -hmm. as an NPC in his game. And then uh, I was also using him as an NPC in a mage game I was running. And in the end, all three games were happening in the same, they were all in the same city. Otherwise the character doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, and just things kept, things kept going so that what happened in one game would impact the others. Uh, but the mages and the werewolves never came in direct contact with each other. That's still like an awesome, like shared continuity thing for games to have. Um, I would like, uh, I, I Sorry, love, sorry. love there, hearing about things like that. There, there, there was one contact between the mages and where one of the werewolves ended up being a guest. Werewolf players was a guest player at my mage game one night, and I said, "Yeah, just bring your werewolf. It'll be fun. Chaos." <laughs> uh, it nearly ended. It so it started with the were with the werewolf and the Euthanatos trying to kill each other. Okay, and it, I can see that. And, it and it ended with the scattered remnants of three hit marks. Wow. Because at this point, the werewolf was, uh, I think, rank three. The mages were adepts. So they, they're all heavy hitters at that point. Right. And so th as long as they weren't killing each other, three hit marks was a doable problem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, one, one rank three werewolf could wipe the floor with a hit mark pretty easily. Yeah, but three of them, on the other hand, firing premium bullets, that's going to be tricky. Same for a cabal of mages. Three, three of them is going to be a problem just because tactics and coordination. Right. But thanks to that sorcerer kinfolk, they were able to stop trying to kill each other and start trying to kill the things that were trying to kill them. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, so I've mentioned, uh, I mentioned you know, the enchanter. I mentioned uh, some of the things that weather control can do for you. You, ha you have a... Uh, probably the most dangerous power to introduce into any World of Darkness game is Alchemy 5. And why do you say that? Why Alchemy 5 being that dangerous? Well, Alchemy 6, according to Sorcerer Revised, I guess. But uh, whatever the highest rank of the Alchemy path is, lets you brew up a potion of immortality. Okay, I can see that being potentially like potent in that, is it immortality where you can't be hurt? Or is it just that you would live forever if you aren't killed unnaturally. Uh, live forever and no more a and no more aging. So just picture what the picture how different the world of darkness would be if uh, rank five Garu just could only be killed in combat and never aged anymore. I could see that being a thing. The problem with Garu is that they tend to get into fights and get killed. Like even yes. if they uh, would live forever, they're going to just get killed in combat eventually. Yes, that. That is fair. That is fair. Um, and, and maybe it's just that I'm coming at it from a mage perspective where like Nicodemus Mulhouse is, is 900 years old. 
and knows literally like everything about sorcery at that point. Right. Whereas the oldest mages on the planet are like 600 and falling apart from paradox. Right. And he's just kind of like yelling at them to stay out of his library. <laughs> I could see that. That would be a really interesting character to have as a sorcerer, um, either in a vampire game or a werewolf game that was like a couple of thousand years old that's just been like, yeah, I've been hanging out since the time of like the Egyptians. I'm good. I know Brent all these different things. <laughs> yeah. Ah, horrible person. That's, that sounds like a great crossover for a mummy game. The mummies are like, hey, right? I remember you. Yeah, I'm your boss. <laughs> now, get back to work. You've been like in this uh, in the underworld for too long. You've been, you've been dead for months. Do you have any idea how boring that is? <laughs> God, I've, I've, I have all these this paperwork on my hands. Now you're here. Go back and, and do some of this work for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, psychic powers and sorcery kind of function the same way, the same way here. They're just, here's a power you have. You can do stuff that other people can't. Pick, pick something that doesn't overlap too strongly with what the werewolves around you can do. Right. Uh, and yeah, just there's so many fun things that sorcerers can do sitting there. Um, like I, like I, I honestly think that I could drop a sorcerer into almost any werewolf game who has exactly the skills that are needed to push the plot forward in a way that the werewolves would never see. I think that's the cool thing to do is is if you're going to make a sorcerer um, that is going to be interesting, you're going to want to pick powers that do completely different things, like. Um, Oniromancy. I don't know if that's actually a good sorcery oh, yes. path, but um, it's, it's totally different. It's a great sorcery path for a sorcerer who wants to mess with changelings. Right. Or if you're running a, Fia a Fianna um, House Fiona or whatever game and you want to drop a sorcerer in there, have an Oniromancer who let, like, let's say is freaked out by changelings because their dreams are weird. Mm -hmm. Or can see chimerical reality because they, they do this. And now they're the interface between every, like sorcerers are great for being interfaces between games. Um, with the obvious exception of there is no peaceful way to have a, have a good, have an interface between werewolf and vampire. Not without breaking the genre. Like anytime yeah. I've seen werewolf vampire crossover where they get along, it's kind of like, uh, you're just, you know, you're like, intentionally that... making the genre not. The way like I, I, I could, I could kind of squint and tilt my head and see like a humanity nine gangrel, mm -hmm. but like you have to find a humanity nine gangrel. Right, exactly. How many of those are there out there? And, and they, and they need to be around long enough for the werewolves to bother to send swarm on it. Right. And then they'd see it shapeshift and be kind of offended on that matter. Oh, right. there's another path not to take as a sorcerer: shapeshifting. Yeah, as you want everyone to think you're a skin dancer, take shape shifting. Right, exactly. Um, which the skin dancers aren't like an interesting option for kinfolk that want to bit, get killed by the werewolf. <laughs> like sorcery well, is the better uh, choice if you like, were to look, <laughs> go down. If you, that if you really want to be a shapeshifter and you're a kinfolk, here's what you do: first you get some vampire blood, then you get like a like a half dozen werewolf pelts, and then you find a branch of the world tree. <laughs> and then your name is Sam Hate, I believe. <laughs> and now you're an ashtray. <laughs> right, and then you end up as an ashtray. So, you know, it works out in the end. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
on that note, we've talked about, I think, like a lot of different story ideas for yeah. um, how you would run a an NPC that's kind of a linkage character between different groups. But what if you were playing a only sorcerer game? Would you yeah. do that sort of uh, like have a character that's a kinfolk as like a story linkage? Or what other things would you do with a kinfolk sorcerer in a sorcerer game? Oh, I've done so much worse than that. Um, I had a group of five sorcerers, and unbeknownst to any of the other p players, one was kinfolk, one was kinane, one was a ghoul, one was a member of one was a member of a, of a tradition, and one was a medium. Nice. Uh, just so that I could pull protagonists and antagonists and so on from all of the games, and had an easy, convenient way to do it. And every time, some and all five of them had dark secret, their second half, the second <laughs> half of their identity. Of course. So they were all trying to keep it on the down low as much as they could from the others. But when your Domador shows up at your house and demands that you do something, uh, and your friends are over, you've got a problem when the kinfolk looks over and is like, I'm pretty sure that's a vampire, man. Are, are you being hunted by vampires? No, let us never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like that was obvious. That was naturally an extreme situation. It was as exper it was experimental, and I enjoyed it. But I probably wouldn't do it again because suddenly my players expected me to actually know all the other games. Right. And well, I've oh, I've read almost seven werewolf books. <laughs> there have to be like a hundred of them. There are something close to that. I think it's 70 werewolf books total. Yeah. And of course, that's not including the novels where everyone gets the characters they care about from. Right, exactly. Uh, um, I like the idea of doing that game, though, because it's like creating a five-color magic deck. It yes. Gives you, it gives like, you all those different options to play with. Back when I played Magic, I played Five Color Slippers. I was the annoying guy. <laughs> so it fits. It fits your like. It's me. <laughs> but the, the the real problem wasn't Werewolf because I've read the core book of Werewolf. It was Vampire because I have never cared about vampires mm -hmm. like at all. The most interesting thing about vampires to me is how fast do they burn. <laughs> like if you will see me in the maze, of the podcast server, whenever people are talking about like. Like, what the best vampire thing is of any sort, I will talk about, you know what's great about vampires? How like, quickly you know they go up and smoke. Uh, but I'm also, a, I'm also an order of Hermes partisan, which I think was obvious from the Verdidius um, kinfolk. Right. Uh, and Blood Treachery gets a bad rap. It's a good book. Um, oh, it's a great book. It's one of my favorite books uh, of the line, actually. It, so. it, it gets such a bad rap from people, though, because they're just basically throwing a fit that the vampires lose sometimes. Oh, well. But the maybe like, lost more. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, uh, there's also the fact that it was like the third Order of Hermes tradition book functionally. Basically, yeah. I think people were getting overwhelmed with the amount of Order of Hermes stuff that was out there, but... Um, for um, folks that don't know, Blood Treachery is a Mage the Ascension book that crosses over Vampire and Mage. And it is one of the better uh, books that I've read for Mage. And I like a lot of Mage books, but I'm a huge fan of it. it. 
I th from what I have seen, it is probably the best crossover book in World of Darkness because it doesn't have to bend over backwards explaining why these two groups are working together. It's about them fighting a war. Right, exactly. And it has to ex it explains the, the reasons for the war. And for anyone that knows mage lore or vampire lore, the Tremere and their split uh, with uh, the Order of Hermes makes a ton of sense. Um, and the like, recreation of that war in the modern era makes a ton of sense. So there's a lot of like good like story fodder there. Yeah, it, I, like, and yeah, that, that book did so many good things. Um, but what it didn't do was say anything about sorcerers or kinfolk. Yeah, missing out on that like linkage to this conversation. <laughs> but we're having a rant. So the advantage yes. of the rant is we can kind of go like all over the place and talk about it. Oh, yeah. Things. I just, just kind of bring the loop back a little bit, though, because there is kind of the core topic. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, ha having a group of sorcerers with, you know, with one or, one or more of them having also a, a supernatural trait of a different type uh, adds a lot of flavor, brings in the other, brings in the other game in fun ways. Um, and despite what my player said, it doesn't actually require that you know really anything about the other game because the, the characters don't. Even, like, right. like I mean, even the average hermetic sorcerer doesn't know much about, about mages. I, I don't know how much the average kinfolk would know about Garu, but I imagine it's a little. Yeah, it depends on the kinfolk. Like some kinfolk are really like embedded in werewolf society, and then some just aren't some are just like yeah i have a cousin that's a garu that i like i know werewolves exist but i kind of stay away from them and don't get involved in their shit and my, sometimes my they parsed, come and bother me <laughs> my brain parsed that wrong and now i've got a character in my head named gary the garu <laughs> that would be amazing i would love that actually gary the garu um kenny, kenny the kindred um <laughs> uh i'll do the others later but but that's like the greatest crossover game ever I would I told it. you that I told you that I've seriously considered writing tales of magic dark comedy. Um, my 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 games tend to not stick to that. Everything is awful and terrible forever. World of Darkness vibe. There's a a nice fun thread of comedy and hope in all of them. So when I have werewolf stuff happening, I tend to think, what if the werewolves got their shit together? Right. Like, what if they actually did just like buy a couple hundred thousand Uzis and distribute them to all the kinfolk? What if they just, not even all mages, what if they just talk to the dream speakers more? That would be uh, like on brand, at least for them to do so. Like talk like, to the animists that uh, and, and so, are related so, to and, their like worldview. And, so, and some of them have got to be kinfolk too. Like I know this isn't about kinfolk mages, but the line between mage and sorcerer is kind of blurry at times. Yeah. And once you've got kinfolk sorcerers floating around your game, a kinfolk major mage... And frankly, in a werewolf game, it should be like you could have more than one kinfolk sorcerer. That's just you know a bunch of kinfolk or weirdo nerds. Because mm -hmm. um, sorcery is a thing for ner for nerds. You are spending years of your life studying to figure this crap out. Right. Or Whereas it's psychic powers that you suddenly develop over time, but you yes, still take years to develop them. Yeah, but you, if you treat it as just you now, now you can light things on fire with your mind. Then you've got the sorcerer jocks. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, but more realistically, mages, are, mages kind of look to sorcerers like the jocks. Everything seems to come easy to them. They can do weird things that no one else can do. Uh, and they get all the credit and all the status. So, you, so if you're going to have a kinfolk mage, have one 
unless the whole game is really deep mage werewolf crossover, uh, which I think, which uh, in one of my Storyteller Vault books, uh, Sources of Magic, I included a good pl a plot hook for one that I was very happy with. I think you liked it because I ran it by you to make sure it didn't violate werewolf continuity. Right. Where uh, the hook is basically you come across a node because it was from it was from the point of view of mage, but you can run this from werewolf. So you come across an old cairn because it's still being operated kind of like a cairn, but there's no werewolves there. What do you find? A bunch of Croaton kinfolk sorcerers and mages operating it. Mm -hmm. they're, still, they're still doing things the way that the Croaton did. Because uh, my understanding is that the Croaton kinfolk were not involved in the big ritual to fight off... Um, uh, Beast of War? Beast of, uh, yeah, I want to say it was Beast of War that they, the one uh, talon of the worm that they uh, yeah. got rid of. I, I think you're right, it's Beast of War. Um, but now that I'm saying it, I, I want to say that that's wrong. So who knows? It certainly wasn't the, it certainly wasn't the Corruptor Worm. Right. Um, it might have been the other one. I think that like Hook is genius, though, because it's like the kinfolk of the Croaton didn't disappear. They're all still here, like the ones that survived the Native American genocide, at least. Um, and, and this is a specifically intended to be like an isolated group. Maybe they're on an island that maybe not many people have been to or whatever. Right. But they're still there. They're still running things with the same rituals that they've been, that they've been doing for hundreds or thousands of years. But now it's being run by mages who think of the world in the way that the Garu do. Mm -hmm. How do the Garu react to that? Yeah. And you can just as easily make it sorcerers. They're not getting much out of the Cairn, but they're still tending it. Yeah, I and, can see that. And, of for, course, and then I can see some sorcerers with those spirit powers in that case when you're actually oh, yeah, like doing the job of the werewolves. They, well, those sorcerers had to figure out how to replace werewolves when the werewolves were gone. Right. Um, and then the hardest thing to do is explain why they hadn't contacted the Uktana in any way. Right. Well, uh, it's just possible that yeah. they didn't have any connections to that uh, yeah. tribe. You know, the Uktana didn't have... It didn't go everywhere. They couldn't take yeah, over yeah. everywhere that the Croatan were, even if they wanted to. Yeah. So, so there, so there's, there, there's all sorts of great crossover. Like as I've said before, like mage and werewolf have the most crossover potential. You just have to get you. You just have to get through the prejudices of both sides, which are thematic for both sides to have right. to do. Uh, like both werewolf and mage have the issue of the characters are dogmatic in ways that cause them problems. Sometimes they have to break past that. Which is great uh, storytelling. Like that's a, a excellent drama that can be built into a game setting really easily. Yeah. And, and sorcerer and, you know, looping it all the way back, sorcerers are a great way to actually build that interface and make it, make it work and a source a sorcerer kinfolk someone who can live in both worlds uh can do some amazing things yeah i absolutely agree i think sorcerer kinfolk are an awesome like sub game within the setting that people can develop and really uh work with and it creates those linkages between different game lines in a way that charles and i have talked about at length already so um i think this has been awesome. I think we've talked about a lot of different things. 
um, but I want to bring our conversation to a close for a good rant length. I think this has been a fantastic chat. Um, Charles, anything that you want to say or direct people to um, before we close it up? Um, and I have, and I know this is a werewolf audience, but if you like Mage 2, I have stuff on Sorcerer, on uh, Storyteller's Vault. Um, and yeah, Sources of Magic is the one that, ha that mentions the uh, Cro old Croaton Cairn. Um, yep. Beyond that, I am slowly coming around to, I'm pro to the fact that there's a scenario in Apocalypse and a scenario in Ascension that are the same scenario, and they just need to be written as crossover. <laughs> yeah, actually, before we stop, let's talk about that real quick, because I think that's awesome and interesting also, even though it's not about Kinfolk Sorcerers. Well, well we can talk about... We could, we could also put it off until we're talking about um, Rage Across the Heavens. That's right, which we are going to do very, very soon. So folks, if you're interested in this uh, like idea of Ascension and um, uh, Apocalypse having a connection between one another, we're going to talk about that during our conversation against Rage Across the Heavens. So that's going to be an awesome uh, book review. All right. Charles, thank you very, 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 very much for coming and joining me this evening. Folks, if you, um, if you don't know, we have a Patreon. Please go check out the Patreon at Werewolf the Podcast on Patreon. Um, you can review us on iTunes or anywhere else that you get your uh, podcasts. Um, your reviews help other people find us and let us know what's good and what's bad about the podcast. If you have feedback, reach out to us uh, on Twitter. That's the best way to leave us feedback. Um, and until we finally get an answer to when will you rage, we'll talk to you again next time.